everyone. It is Jamie L. Jacobs here from Live Your Own Fit Health and Performance Coaching. And today I'm going to dive into the power of sleep with you. So many of us don't get enough sleep or we don't get the quality of sleep that we really, really want and need to feel great. So I'll give you a little bit of a background. I do uh, help people every day that basically feel like crap and that might be you listening or perhaps you know someone close to you that feels like crap and what I mean by feel like crap I mean they're not having the life performance or performing in life like they'd really really like to so they may have really low energy levels they may may have uh, emotional imbalance so they feel quite anxious sometimes depressed they could be getting panic attacks Uh, they could be quite frustrated with their weight because they tend to overeat or emotionally eat or they just don't feel good about their their body image um, and they don't like their body and they might feel absolutely out of control. They don't have any control over what their body's doing and their waist may be increasing with age, yet they probably haven't changed anything in their life. Um, so they might be quite frustrated as well. And you, they might find, or you might find, that exercising no longer brings them joy. It's something that they think they have to do uh, because they get stressed if they don't do it. And that's the only way that they can maintain the body that they have at the moment. Um, But generally, they're just not feeling good in life. They feel like crap and they know there's something else. They know that there's a fix or they they know that things have to change for them to feel good again, but they're just a bit confused. They've tried a lot of things and they're not sure what else there is to do. So these are the people that I help. Um, I am a health coach, a certified health coach. I'm a certified personal trainer. And I am also a wellness and a life coach as well. So there's a, there's a lot of um, different feathers in my cap, but I know that it, it does come down to very similar foundations for everyone. Uh, basically get some lifestyle habits dialed in, but the foundation of those lifestyle habits is learning why we're not adopting new habits that will work better for us and also learning how to control our mind and the thoughts that go inside our mind so we can start to make some changes, some positive life changes so we start to feel good again. Um, A lot of how I work with people and um, the changes that are made, it all does stem from how can we nourish our body, how can we nourish our mind and how can we produce more energy. So let's dive in today to everything about sleep. I'm going to keep it simple. We're not going to dive into any sciencey jargon because I'm all about keep it simple, stupid. It's got to be easy. It's got to be practical. And most of the time, for most part of it, it has to be fun. Um, so let's dive in. Sleep. So I just want you to ask yourself right now, a, a nice, uh, honest honest feedback would be great but ask yourself if you think you're getting enough sleep and in regards to enough I'm talking between seven to nine hours of sleep I know most of you 99% of you out there are going to say no Um, so the next question is now ask yourself if you're getting unbroken sleep so 
I know some of you listening to this podcast will have very young children and I know that it's impossible because (laughs) you've got children to tend to. So don't worry about that. Um, It's I I have clients that also have teenagers that might be out and about. They have to have their phone with them um, in the bedroom and they may be getting calls during the night as a parent needing to pick up their adolescent um, that's out on the town just to know they're getting home safe. So it is often there are factors with sleep that are totally out of our control and that's fine. But there's also a lot of factors that we can control and we're really letting ourselves down by uh, not recognizing what they are. So when we talk about sleep, we talk about primarily getting seven to nine hours of sleep. There is a small minority of the population that thrives on less than seven hours sleep. But uh, most of us, um, we really would do well with seven hours sleep um, from an energy point of view um, and from a mental clarity and and physical point of view. So now's the question to ask yourself perhaps why you're not getting seven to nine hours sleep and why you are getting broken sleep. It's often when you're on holidays and you are getting seven to nine hours sleep and you have a, a night's sleep where you just don't even wake up and um, during the night and you wake up in the morning and you feel like a total, total different person. You feel 10 years younger and it's almost like you've taken a super pill. The rest of the day goes really well. Uh, the communications with your loved ones go really well. Um, you almost see a different person in the mirror and have a more positive outlook on yourself and and your image because you've gotten a good night's sleep. So if we could have that every night, imagine what our life could feel like. It would be uh, pretty amazing. Uh, So I'll just tell you a quick story. I had a client um, that came to me and sleep wasn't her issue. Her issue was she was putting on weight. She was getting more fatigued as she got older. Um, she was in those perimenopausal years. Um, so she was feeling like quite out of control with emotions and with her body. Um, and she did want to start getting into fitness, uh, for the first time in her life and, um, sleep, she didn't mention sleep in our first few sessions that didn't come up. And then it did, uh, in our fourth session, it came up that sleep was actually a really big problem. She found that, Um, this is during COVID, that she actually had a lot more of a workload on her than she used to have. So she was working up until about six o'clock. She would then go and have dinner, um, do stuff with the family and be back on her computer at eight o'clock to finish off her work and get back to all the emails that she had to get back to. And then she found that going to bed at night, she would be constantly worrying about what she had to do the next day. And most of us can relate to that. It's that to-do list that you've got running through your head. And then you start to think, oh, I haven't done my to-do list from today. And then you start to get down yourself, feel guilt, feel shame, get quite anxious about the next day and then it's often easier just to get out of bed and to start doing some of the jobs that you're thinking of doing um, so you can actually get a good night's sleep. So that's exactly what she was doing. So when we actually unpicked what her schedule was before she went to bed, um, you know, the processes right down to, you know, when she brushed her teeth, 
um, the thoughts she thought of before she got into bed, what was lying on her bedside table. So we got really into the nitty gritty and we established that she really needed to get those worries and that to-do list. Anything that came up from her for her in her mind when she was laying in bed, she needed to get that out onto a piece of paper so it no longer had to worry her and she could get a good night's sleep. So we did a couple of things. Um, the first thing we did was we made sure that she put a notepad and um, pen next to her bed on her bedside table. This way, when she was had just gotten into bed and she had all those thoughts going through her head, she could actually write down um, what her to-do list or, or whatever it was that she was thinking. And in her mind then, she had removed those thoughts, that to-do list, out of her mind onto the piece of paper and she recognized that she no longer had to worry about those as she fell asleep. We also recognized that that's okay. In theory, that's great um, and yes, we'll do that. But there is a time between writing it on the piece of paper to then putting your head on the pillow when you're still going to have thoughts going through your mind. And uh, doing meditation wasn't something or doing some sort of mindfulness practice wasn't something that she was super comfortable with, hadn't done it on a regular basis before. So we thought, let's try out a guided meditation. So I actually recorded um, and created a meditation just for her that's actually on our YouTube channel. It's under the playlist um, guided meditations uh, if you want to check it out but I'll also include it in the show notes as well because I've had really good feedback on this meditation but the meditation was really written for her so it takes you through uh, with some beautiful acoustic uh, background music and my uh, painful voice at times it takes you through the process of um, relaxing, recognizing the thoughts that you've got running through your head. You then imagine a box next to you on the table and you imagine all your thoughts going into that box for safekeeping. You literally visualize yourself putting a lid on the box and visualize a piece of ribbon in your favorite color because color makes everything more more um, vibrant and emotionally uh you know, emotional connection there. And she would then uh, in the meditation, imagine herself wrapping up that box with the ribbon for safekeeping with the knowledge that she can unwrap that box tomorrow. And all those thoughts to do list will be there again for her, but she no longer has to think about that in her slumber that night. So that really worked well for her in terms of decreasing any anxiety or worry as she lay in bed. Um, but we also did a whole bunch of other things, which I'm going to take you through in this podcast today as well, in terms of the practices leading up to bedtime, how you can promote um, and increase certain hormones to work for you and promote yummy sleep, basically. Um, so we'll go through that as well. What is really, really important with sleep and what we've got to learn to promote and work for us is something called a circadian clock or our circadian rhythm. And most of you would have heard of that before. So a circadian clock or rhythm is what every living organism on the planet has. Um, and it's basically just a 24-hour 
um, hormonal cycle that we all live by and it's where it sets how sleepy you get close how sleep um, and what hormones are regulated as you get sleepy and it helps you get sleepy going to bed and then it also helps you, you uh, promote different hormones like your cortisol to wake you up and get you um, out of bed and ready for the day ahead but there's certain things we can do to make our circadian clock and rhythm work well for us instead of against us. And most of us are actually doing everything to make our circadian clock um, or rhythm uh, to work against us. But we're not even aware that we're doing it. Or if we are aware, we're not really sure on how to change it uh, for good. So there'll be little little um, thoughts that you can think to try and get yourself a little bit intrinsically motivated to make those changes. And now working with uh, lots of clients, I see what works for people and what doesn't and different personalities, um, what different personalities uh, attract to and what different personalities don't. Um, So I found that a lot of my clients do really well going and buying a traditional alarm clock and keeping your phone outside the bedroom. Um, I would, if, if you're out there, you're listening to this podcast and you are struggling to get seven to nine hours of quality sleep and wake up feeling energized, please for the next few nights, try and leave your mobile phone outside the bedroom. (laughs) It's going to do wonders as well for your relationship. I promise you. But what you'll find is we generally will be in bed we'll be looking at our phone, our, our bright blue screen, and we'll be setting our alarm clock. And then what will happen is we'll see an Instagram notification come up on the screen and we'll go, oh, I'll just have a quick look at that Instagram notification. You start scrolling, you start comparing yourself, you start to get thoughts of um, a little bit of negative body image, of maybe a bit of jealousy, whatever comes up for you in that moment. But it's quite hard to stop scrolling. And doing that each night, you're then going to bed thinking thoughts of, I'm not good enough, I suck, <laughs> I, I don't have the body that these Instagram um, people on Instagram have because let's face it, none of us put bad photos up of Instagram um, or you just think my my life is boring. It doesn't compare to their life. So you're thinking really uh, not like self-loving, um, yummy thoughts at that time in bed and you want to actually be doing the opposite. So trick is leave the phone outside the bedroom just to make it really, really easy for you. If you're super, super diligent and disciplined, which most of us aren't because we've still got the habit of looking at our phone, it's a habit, it's hard to break, um, then feel free to still set your alarm clock and just make a promise to yourself that you won't break, that you won't start social media scrolling at all. Um, but I prefer that we leave it outside the bedroom just because it's it's a lot easier. You'll also find at nighttime, our decision fatigue is really, really high. You've gone through the whole working day or the whole day with family, um, making decisions for kids, for parents, for spouses, for co-workers, 
everyone, you're making a decision every few minutes, if not more. Your body and your mind just says enough. I'm sick of making decisions. So at night time, uh, and this happens when after eating dinner as well for people overeating, they're so decision fatigued that they'll go for whatever will bring them short-term pleasure instead of long-term gain. And that's because their brain is um, decision fatigued. So the least amount of decisions that we can um, make ourselves make, especially in those afternoon to night hours, the far better off we'll be. So make it really easy for yourself and leave the mobile outside the bedroom, buy a really cool looking alarm clock and um, pretend that you're living in our, our parents and our grandparents' ages. So one thing that we also could do while we're lying in bed uh, and we've left our mobile phone out so we can't watch Netflix in bed either, we might have a TV in our bedroom but we're not turning that TV on, is we can either listen to something like a guided meditation or a calm app um, with soothing music. Uh, We can read a book which is... Uh, which is something that a lot of people just don't do these days. I've got a beautiful client at the moment and she has started leaving her mobile phone outside the bedroom and she actually has started reading and she forgot how much she loved reading a book. The simple act of reading a book for her has just been so relaxing and she absolutely loves it. Another thing you could do is to spend some quality time with your partner chatting you could also make it a time that you go to bed and you do some journaling so you could literally write in your notepad or your journal um, like what you loved about yourself today what were you proud about for yourself today Um, if you're someone that's really focusing on some lifestyle changes and some different habits you could look at if and if you're someone that's going to bed not you know, exhausted, you could plan your day for the next day in respect to just asking yourself three questions is what do I want to achieve tomorrow? Like one main thing that you want to achieve. Uh, What will I eat tomorrow? If you're focusing on uh, certain foods that you want to incorporate into your diet. Um, And the number three could be what will bring me joy tomorrow or it it could be if you've got certain you know fitness aspirations it it could be you writing down your movement for the next day so your mind is then set on those few things it's already seeing those few ideas so movement food and the main goal that you want to get done as it's already seeing it as done basically your mind is, is very frivolous like that if you can imagine that you've done something or tell yourself you've done something, it's going to believe it as being true. So you could try doing some a uh, little bit of self-reflection or some journaling as well. You could also put some essential oils onto your neck or onto your pulses or onto your pillow. Just don't get it in your eyes. <laughs> Sleep is one thing that is getting lots of sleep studies and money invested into it um, in the past 10 years 
And Matthew Walker is a neuroscientist and sleep expert. And he's got a great book. So if you're interested in learning more about sleep, it is called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And it is such a great read. I've got clients that have just said they can't put it down. I've read it a few times myself. I did leave it in a Korean hotel on the start of our trip when we were between races. And the whole trip, I just couldn't wait to get home to order another copy because I just loved it so much. So definitely well worth a read. He has done sleep studies uh, where he's proven that With a good night's sleep, so it's seven to nine hours sleep, your skills that you've learnt that day, so or any anything that you've mentally retained and learnt, you'll have an increase of twenty to thirty percent more of retaining and adapting to those skills than you wouldn't if you didn't get that sleep. So if you could hack your retention um, of information and your adaption to new skills learnt by 20 to 30 percent that could make a big big difference um, in terms of your life performance. I know that when Pete was training for the world championships in the Ironman triathlon in Kona each year he would make sleep as part of his training protocol so he knew if he had three sessions a day for eight weeks leading into race day he was going to be consistent in his performance on race day and get the most out of his body now that doesn't mean three sessions of swim bike and run he counted a restorative session or recovery session as a session so that was you know anything to do with massage foam rolling stretching a breathing practice um, a sleep that was counted as a session. So most days he was having a nap during the day because he knew that his afternoon training session was going to benefit from that nap. And I know we're not all professional athletes, but if we could hack our sleep at nighttime to make us perform better and be healthier, um, have faster uh, weight loss journey, Um, have a faster you know movement and fitness journey but most of all if we could just be happier human beings wouldn't it be worthwhile just to spend some time thinking about how you could increase the duration and quality of your sleep it's something that we just don't think enough of and it is the cheapest superfood or super peel whatever you want to call it it is the cheapest thing that we can do for ourselves so When we look at what you're doing leading into your sleep practice or or going to bed, lying down in bed each night, it soon becomes clear of what isn't working for us. And, And that is exposure to blue light. So you might want to write down these things, but it's it's pretty commonsensical what we're all doing. It's exposing ourselves to our our devices. So it's our mobile phones, our our computer, the TV. It might be listening to the news on the radio. And what that's all doing, it's doing a couple of things. So first of all, the blue light exposure actually will reduce or stop your body from producing a hormone that we need for yummy sleep called melatonin. We want our body to start producing melatonin as soon as the sun goes down. 
And by looking at blue light, our body's getting the signals that it's the opposite. It's daytime. It's time to perform. It's time to get up, to hunt our food, to forage and and move. And that's the opposite of what we want to do. We want to be in that rest and digest state so we can absorb all the yummy nutrients from our dinner and we can get that beautiful restful sleep uh, where our brain, our cells get cleared out of all the inflammation for the day um, and we can start fresh the next day. So one thing is turn off your devices or at least if you still want to watch the TV or if you have to do work on the computer, uh, just go to your menu settings and reduce the the light on your menu settings. There is a application that we use for our computers called Iris and it's free. So that will actually uh, take out the blue light exposure and put more red light into the screen for you. And on your mobile phone, just um, make it automatically go to night mode uh, at a certain time at night when you're not wanting to be exposed to that blue light. Other things that keep us awake are stimulants. So things like caffeine. So if you're having coffee or caffeinated tea um, or an energy drink anytime after midday, you're still going to have some of that caffeine in your body still at midnight. So what I always suggest um, if you're open to it is swap to decaf after midday or just have herb, have herbal tea or something that's not going to act as a stimulant after midday. Um, and this is for people that are struggling with their sleep and I know most of us are. So if you've got great sleep, then by all means, keep up your caffeine after midday. But it is still going to be having some sort of effect because they have proven it still to be in your system. Some people metabolize caffeine a lot faster than other people. So you might be that person that has the cappuccino after dinner at night time and it has zero effect on your sleep and you're still getting a solid quality unbroken seven to nine hours of sleep that night and that's fine there's always people um, like that that are a bit bulletproof and um, and you know nothing's going to hold them back another factor that's giving you poor sleep is stress so stress is a big one if you're watching a movie at nighttime or if you're having an argument with your loved ones, what you'll find is your body's perceiving that as stress. And our body doesn't always know what's real and not real. It's all about just perception. And we're hardwired to receive stress. So stress could be in the form of reading an email from a coworker or a client late at night. Um, it could be something that you've just made up and told yourself. It could be watching a scary movie or watching some negative news and it creates stress in your body. Your body will see that stress as a threat. It will increase your cortisol levels, um, which is often also in hand with insulin, fat storage hormone it will basically tell your body you're in flight and fright mode. Um, so all the blood flow will then go to your limbs so you can prepare for an easy getaway and it's then going away from your digestive system. So it just reduces um, how well you're absorbing the nutrients from your food. And perhaps if you're someone with already a bit of IBS, leaky gut, you do get rashes on your face and you get a flaky scalp. 
um, perhaps this is something you could work on is really asking yourself, how can I be more in the rest and digest state when I eat and after I eat and see if any of those symptoms reduce. So try and manage your stress. I know we live in a life, in a world where a lot of us do work longer hours. We have to get back to emails and often we're sitting with loved ones watching certain movies. So it's not always practical, but change isn't easy. And if you want to change an outcome, often you need to look at yourself with a real honest, honest look and ask yourself, what habits am I currently doing? If I keep doing what I've always done, I'm going to get the same result. And that's exactly the same thought process that we want to have with our sleep as well. Another factor with getting a good night's sleep is the temperature. So if you're sleeping in a room that's really hot and stuffy, you might be getting much airflow and you're a bit clammy when you go to bed, you've might have had um, a shower, so you're even more hot and clammy in the room, it's not going to be conducive to a good night's sleep. When they have done sleep studies, they've proven that you'll sleep a lot better in a colder environment. So it's different for everyone what it looks like, but they say around the 22 degrees is prime for for good sleeping. And what you can do is have a warm shower. So then your body naturally is a little bit warmer and it will decrease um, the temperature of your body when you go to bed and you'll feel a little bit more chillier. I know for me, I sleep so much better when there's airflow. So that's either if it's a cool night, open up the windows, have that airflow coming in, um, or I'll put on air conditioning for a short period of time and it will turn off, you know, within 10 minutes that we go to bed. Um, and I'm, and everyone's slightly different as well. So some people will notice they're quite hot sleepers and other people are quite naturally just colder sleepers. So you've got to work out for you what works. I know Pete and I are always fighting over how high to put our fan because uh, I like it, the fan on full bolt and a lot of wind and a very, very cold room. And he gets a lot colder than I do and doesn't like the fan being high. So you've just got to work with what with what suits you guys Um, but definitely trying to sleep in a cooler environment will help and then some people find as well even if they've got a little crack of light coming in it's going to annoy them and it's going to wake them up so just see how you are with the light exposure in your room some people find that sleeping with a a a, um, eye mask on really really helps them Um, some people don't like it at all so just see how that goes. So getting back to hormones and how we can hack our hormones a little bit. For good sleep, we really want to be generating progesterone and progesterone is our feel good, happy hormone. Um, A lot of us are low in progesterone and having low levels of progesterone will also increase your likelihood of experiencing anxiety, depression, a low mood during the day. So anything we can do to increase progesterone is great. Going to bed at night, uh, looking at it from a hormonal point of view, like kissing your partner, hugging your kids, hugging the family pet, dog and having a cuddle, that's all going to help increase your progesterone. So that's a really good thing to do at night is try and increase your progesterone.
If you needed motivation in changing some of your habits and you know you've got habits to change but you're not quite ready there yet to change the habits, perhaps this will just be the clincher. So there's a lot of chronic diseases and chronic um, common issues that are linked to a lack of sleep. It's really, really imperative that our body can recover. It can build, rebuild muscle. Um, it can clear out any inflammation from your cells and basically work as a garbage cleaner, especially for your brain health with good quality night sleep. You want your nervous system working for you, not working against you. So that's why sleep is so, so important. But these common issues are linked to a lack of sleep. Cancer, diabetes and weight gain, heart disease, poor fertility, a weakened immune system, DNA damage, reduced performance. So it's been proven that time to physical exhaustion will actually drop by 30% with six hours or less sleep. Lactic acid will build up quicker the less you sleep and the ability of your lungs to expire carbon dioxide and inhale oxygen will also decrease with the less sleep you have. You'll experience more emotional imbalance. So that's depression, anxiety, and general irritability panic attacks as well and you'll generally have hormone imbalance if you're not sleeping enough too so men who sleep five to six hours will have a level testosterone 10 years their senior that is massive so essentially they have aged themselves 10 years in virality I can never say that word Um, and I don't know if I want to say that word (laughs) but in wellness we'll say 10 years in wellness of age themselves you'll also experience being more insulin resistant as opposed to insulin sensitive so you'll have far greater blood sugar dysregulation and what that means is that when you have foods that are uh, more insulin non-friendly foods so that's your sugars um that's the starchy vegetables, fruits, uh, your juices, like your juice, um, fruit juice and your soda, etc. You'll always have an insulin response, but it will be greater with the less sleep of hours that you have. And that also then feeds into why people that aren't getting a good night's sleep will find it impossible, near impossible to Um, have some good weight loss because uh, their body is producing cortisol at all different times during the night. It's not getting the rest and digest um, and the recovery. It's not allowing the body to um, feel safe, basically. So it's retaining fluid. It's retaining fat to protect your organs. Your body is all about survival mode. So I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. But when you you find it hard to lose weight and you think you're doing everything, you're eating really nutritious whole food, real food diet, um, you're eating to satiety and then not overeating, you're doing the exercise that you normally would do without um much difference so you've kept the same habits that you were having before but you found now you're putting on weight um, and you're really frustrated you're not sure why ask yourself am I sleeping well if you're not sleeping well that's what it's going to be it's going you're going to need to have some focus on your sleeping habits because your body is thinking that either you're not feeding it enough food and it's thinking I'm in starvation mode I'm in famine I need to help retain as much fat 
um, and fluid as possible to help keep my organs safe from any sort of threat. Um, so I don't feel safe to burn fat at the moment to lose weight because I'm not sure when I'm going to get fed next or it's because you're in a stress state and you're producing cortisol and um, you're storing fat and not burning fat. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other reasons why you couldn't be losing weight, but sleep is a big, big, big one. So what are the key takeaways, uh, our key takeaways for a good night's sleep? It's pretty simple. Make it a goal to be in bed by a certain time each night. So this could be, um, you could say, okay, I want to be in bed by 8.30. And I know everyone's really different and everyone's got a different, um, you know, everyone's got different lives to lead. That's fine. Um, But ask yourself, what's a really practical time, realistic time for me to try and be Um, in bed each night and make sure it's around the same time each night because your body does really well with routine um, and with habit. So if you're wanting to be in bed, let's say by nine o'clock, you want to make sure that you start going to bed and being prepared um, to go to bed 30 minutes before. So if that means that you get your stuff out, like your running shoes or your exercise gear for the next morning, Um, or pack your lunch, whatever it is for the next day, start doing that at um, 8.30 at night. So you can actually be in bed at nine o'clock. You really want to try and set your circadian clock, circadian rhythm up. So that means that try and minimize blue light exposure as soon as the night goes, the uh, sun goes down, as I mentioned earlier. This might mean dimming the lights at home or perhaps you even want to go as far as changing light bulbs um, to less uh, blue light exposure. You could, if you've got a family that still wants really bright lights, you could also invest in some light blue light blocking glasses as well. And then it's also important, the other side of that is in the morning, try and expose your eyes to daylight in the morning. So that would mean that not wearing your sunglasses for, you know, five or 10 minutes, you don't want to look at the sun, but you want to be in the sunlight exposing your eyes, because that also helps set up a good, healthy circadian rhythm. Um, You do want to take uh, some magnesium if you're not getting it from your diet. So a lot of us that are eating a lot of leafy greens, um, like myself, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting enough magnesium in your diet. Even if you're having like egg yolks and you're having animal protein as well, what you'll find is a lot of the soil or a lot of the animals that are eating the grass that we then go and eat as well, um, the soil is devoid of Uh, the magnesium levels that they once had. So it's always a good idea um, to have an insurance policy and that's taking a magnesium supplement. And I see it with my clients every day. As soon as they start taking magnesium supplement, they'll notice all sorts of life-changing benefits. So find one that works for you. Um, Other herbs that help um, with a yummy sleep are sour cherry extract, tart cherry juice, St. John's wort, valerium, a chamomile. Um, Chamomile tea is beautiful. 
and um, and just and some people will take things like melatonin as well. You don't want to be one of those people that's obsessed and addicted to taking melatonin all the time because you want your body to naturally be producing it. So if you can have some natural hacks at first in the form of minimizing yourself to blue light exposure, then um, that's a good way to go at first if you can. Uh, another key uh, takeaway is to promote a dark, cool room at night. Um, so do what you have to do for that. So that's putting a fan on, opening up some windows. Perhaps you need to put on the air conditioning for 10 minutes as you fall asleep. And also be mindful of what promotes you to go into that fright and flight response Um, so what we want to be doing is promoting a sympathetic nervous system after the sun goes down, not the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our fright and flight nervous system. Um, so we can do that by choosing, uh, sympathetic, um, foods that promote rest and digest foods. So they're going to be foods that are, um, going to be insulin friendly foods, like our um, proteins, our healthy fats, and our um, vegetables. Um, You also want to be looking at the people that you're around as you fall asleep as well. You don't want a lot of stress from people. It's also looking at the type of exercise that you do at night. So perhaps if you're someone that's really struggling with their sleep quality, Ask yourself if you can get in an earlier exercise session. So can you change your habit around a little bit? And if you still have to do an exercise session at nighttime, a late one after work, can you make it a session that's more active recovery session or it's a session that's definitely in your aerobic zone and you're not hitting that anaerobic flight and fright response. We're in that higher, you know, the zone four, zone five heart rate. So see what you can do either don't exercise um, at nighttime after work or if you are exercising um, choose a more recovery or active recovery restorative type exercise session and then lastly I would uh, be reading a great book and resource in the form of Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. He also has some great podcasts as well. So those resources are gold. But a lot of it comes down to changing your mindset around sleep. So I was definitely one of those people that used to brag to people about not needing much sleep. I'm fine with four to five hours sleep. I'm great the next day. I don't need much sleep. But the reality check is that you would do so much better in life with higher energy levels, uh, more control over your body and weight and what it's doing, more control over the decisions that you make and the thoughts that you're thinking. That's Goal number one, that sets us up for everything. Uh, Decision fatigue is going to be reduced. You're going to have far much better relationships with better communication processes with everyone around you. So just think about how life-changing sleep can be. And if you're one of those people that just can't sleep and you're up all night and it's a really hard battle then it's time to do something about it and perhaps it's time to not be so hard on yourself for what's happening during the day because 
it's literally when you're not getting enough sleep in the forms of you know, seven to nine hours sleep. It's literally like you're tipsy, you've had some alcohol and you will not feel great the next day. So time to to give yourself a little bit of reprieve and um, lower your expectations. And then think about what can I change about the habits that I have before I go to sleep. They're not always going to be 100% in our control because a lot of people have young kids um, waking themselves up and teenagers or perhaps elderly parents and they need to keep their phones on in the bedroom and they need to have access to them. But try and maximize the things that you can change. And I promise you, I promise you life will change and you'll start having the life performance uh, that you deserve. So that's it from me. If you have any questions at all to do with your health and life performance, specifically around sleep, please feel free to get in contact. I work with people all day, every day on their health, on goals that they have. It may be around body, losing weight, having more energy, um, thoughts, or simply just wanting to invest in having a performance mindset. So make contact. I am available at jamiel at liveyourownfit.com. That's J-A-I-M-I-E-L-L-E at liveyourownfit.com. Feel free to message us through our social channels or go to www.liveyourownfit.com to find out more. I would love to help you in your life performance journey. Take care and I look forward to seeing you in our next podcast. Bye for now.